Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner who is on some sort of social media just now. It's the deadliest catch, Lee Brando. Well, you know, social media and wrestling go together like, you know, I don't know, what ruins a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Peanut butter for me, because I don't like peanut butter and it's awful, but... You're so wrong. (laughs) You couldn't be... More wrong, unless your name was Wrongy W. Wrongenstein. Does the last name start with a W, or is the middle initial enough? Who knows? Wrong with the capital R. That sounds more like wrong. Like Ron? Like Ron Burgundy? Ron G. W. Ron G. That's a failed wrestling gimmick right there. (laughs) What are we doing? What are we talking about? (sighs) I lost track. I think I was going to segue it into how you got to be really careful, apparently, on social media these days, because you could take a picture with some of your old friends, and that could cost you your job. And of course, I'm talking about none other than the zombie princess himself, Jimmy Jacobs. Have you heard about this, Ryan? I have heard that it was a big deal. I am not quite as up to speed on this, so you should fill the folks in, and then we'll go from there. Allow me to fill you in like an eclair. That sounds awful. It does. I take it back. Um, so when the Bullet Club did their... Um, homage slash parody of DX invading WCW a few weeks ago. Remember that in California? Jimmy Jacobs popped outside and took a photo with the Bullet Club. You know, you got Adam Page, Marty Scroll, the Young Bucks, and and uh, Jimmy Jacobs, who has been a writer for Monday Night Raw for well over a year. Um, apparently... This was enough. And this is going to be interesting because, yes, there is a social media policy, but mostly that's for... Something's gone wrong with the audio. Can you hear me? Now I can. Now you can? Stick into our aesthetic. Okay. Um, Where was I? So I know there's a social media policy in the contract, but that's more for on-air talent, not backstage employees. I guess it could be, but it's not the same thing. Like, it would be one thing if Jimmy Jacobs appeared. There it goes. I don't know what's going on with your microphone. Am I hitting it? I don't don't think think I'm hitting it. Am I close enough? Should I, I back I think, away? I think you're fine. I really don't know what's going on with your microphone. But you should try one last time to get your point across because it might just be that the, the I, WWE disagrees with what you're saying and they're I, finding ways to mute you. I think they're pulling a, a pipe bomb. I think they're cutting my mic. It's You know, they, we do this whole bullying campaign. You want to talk about bullying? Oh, no, it didn't cut off. That would have been perfect. Come on. I set it up and everything. That mic might be dying. It might be. You know, mics die. The world's an imperfect place. Even the Mona Lisa's falling apart. What can you do? But the point is, Jimmy Jacobs didn't really do anything wrong. He just took a picture with some old friends, and those old friends happened to be POing the higher-ups in the WWE, and because of that, he lost his job. So it's interesting to see if there'll be any backlash from this. Probably not. But um, Jimmy Jacobs, of course, already has a shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees um, about the situation. Uh, I would assume he would assimilate back into the independent wrestling world, um, though time will tell. It's, uh, it's apparently It apparently happened... A week or two ago, and now the story's just breaking. Um, in other related walkouts slash departures from the WWE, uh, former cruiserweight champion, the king of the cruiserweights, Neville, uh, apparently walked out before Monday Night Raw this week. 
when he was told he'd be losing to Enzo Amore in the main event. I don't know if that was the reason. Obviously, these things don't happen for one reason. There's, you know, an accumulation of things that tire guys out over time, and it just takes one inciting event for them to finally make that decision. Um, Nothing has been stated publicly about this situation as of this recording, Um, but it's likely that in the next week we'll know the uh, the full situation. Yes, uh, Forbes is got ha, currently has an article up um, where they basically have said that Neville reportedly walked out uh, prior to Raw after lose after learning he was going to lose to Enzo Amore in a non-title match. Yeah, you know, like I said, if that's the reason, um, I don't know. It, it's probably a factor for sure, but is that the main reason? I don't know. It seems odd to me that WWE would have him lose in a non-title match to Enzo Amore, but I guess if they want to put that uh, feud behind them, I guess it makes sense. But at the same time... Well, this is what caused... So this was the main event, and then they had to quickly shuffle things around and come up with a new plan, and the new plan was Kalisto, as we all saw, win the Cruiserweight Championship off of Enzo Amore on Raw this week. Uh, This has been... It's come out that this is a very temporary thing. Enzo will most likely get the title back, seeing as 205 Live is kind of built around Enzo now. And um, this was just kind of a... Maybe it was something to get the attention off the Neville story because people would have been asking, you know, why isn't Neville out there with the other cruiserweights? Well, now we can distract you with Kalisto winning. Um, maybe it's something like that. I don't, I don't know for sure. But, you know, this isn't the first big-name departure from this cruiserweight division. In fact, it's the second in a very short amount of time. Uh, obviously, the first was Austin Aries. I guess if you take guys... And you put them in what is viewed as a lesser division, even though it's been the main event of Monday Night Raw for the past three weeks. It's still viewed as a lesser position and a lesser division. And obviously Neville wasn't uh, in the cruiserweights from the get-go. He was put there from a standard singles career um, where he probably could have done much more and hit higher heights than the cruiserweight title not that it's a bad thing um austin aries uh you know was in nxt and obviously where he came from before that was viewed as a main eventer he gets thrown into the cruiserweight division and while it was great for that division he ends up on the pre-show to wrestlemania he ends up uh never even getting the cruiserweight title if i'm not mistaken um correct he lost his feud with uh with neville yeah so he walks out. Neville walks out. I mean, it's kind of like if this happens with one more guy, and it would probably be Enzo because he's the only other guy that you know was put in that division from somewhere else. It's it's going to look really bad. It already does look bad, but it's going to kind of be the death nail for that division. I feel, and for two hundred five live. Yeah, speaking of uh, Austin Aries, he. His non-compete clause, uh, assuming his contract was torn up and everything, he was completely released, which obviously all the reports said he was, would have expired on October 5th, which was one week ago today. Hmm. Now, we know what happened with Cody Rhodes. When his non-compete expired, he was immediately, the day his non-compete expired, he was in a wrestling match. I believe he wrestled for Evolve. Um, Yeah, Cody's had an exceptional run. Uh, since leaving the WWE, and this is this is going to be an important factor for a lot of guys. Um, you know, Daniel Bryan comes to mind when he's no longer under contract to WWE, and he feels that he can compete. You know, that's a that's a big thing. That's if he goes and signs an exclusive contract like Cody did with Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor can start booking bigger buildings that day. Um, and then that's just more revenue for the company. 
which by the way have ha- they've been having a great year their revenues are up their crowds are up you know they're doing more and more dates i think this week they have or this weekend they have four different shows uh like buffalo chicago uh two others and they're all sold out you know ahead of time a, a big part of that is kenny omega sure uh, but you know you have just a very strong ring of honor following right now you throw daniel bryan in the mix okay uh what who's to say austin aries can't go back okay uh who's to say cm punk won't go back okay once you start getting a crowd like that together and you don't even really need it you already got a great crowd as they do um but once you start expanding that business and there's more revenue, which means they can sign more big-name exclusive contracts. All that's missing is a major uh, financial-slash-television backer to put them on national TV. And then we have, you know, then we're off to the races. Well, Ring of Honor, that leads to an interesting question, as Ring of Honor, of course, is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting Group. Which, um, if you follow regular news, they are uh, their name came up a couple of months within the last couple of months about a deal where they were going to actually be buying up um, another big local television news producer. Basically, Sinclair I think owns like seventy five or seventy to seventy five percent of local news outlets. Um, across the U.S. So, Ring of Honor on the other side is actually, since Sinclair bought them a few years ago, has become pretty profitable from what I understand. Uh, They sell out a lot of shows. They have a very good working relationship with uh, New Japan. They have a lot of big-name talent. Cody Rhodes, one of the more recent uh, exclusive contracts they've gotten. He, of course, is currently also their world champion. So, Ring of Honor has become... And Ring of Honor, for a lot of wrestlers, is has has been a destination. We've seen guys who've left WWE who have immediately shown up in W or in Ring of Honor not long after. Shelton Benjamin uh, was one of those guys back when he was originally released. I think in like 2011. Um, we've seen some great talent come out of there. CM Punk, oh, sure. I mean, Joe. Just look at your Raw and SmackDown main eventers right now, and you know, fifty percent of them. Are from Ring of Honor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like twenty five percent of the rest of the rosters from New Japan. Yeah, so so uh, the like the SmackDown main event scene right now with uh, AJ Styles, who was in TNA, but he went through New Japan. Shinsuke Nakamura came out of New Japan. Kevin Owens came out of Ring of Honor. Sami Zayn came out of Ring of Honor. Um, we'll get there momentarily. Why yeah. those two names are particularly important today? Yeah, but yeah. It's really interesting, too, because I could very quickly... I would see, honestly, I would see Neville in New Japan very fast if he did leave. I mean, he's he could work anywhere. I mean, he could he work could, anywhere. I see him going to that thriving UK scene first and doing shows over there. Well, I don't know if he's doing shows with Progress or ICW because right now they're, Not they have a bit of a working relationship with WWE. Right, but... I WCPW, mean, probably. Uh, sure. Depending on what their future is, I know they've had a shakeup over there a bit. So, uh, but there's and other... who's to say that you know? I, I I would like to know how signed and inked this working relationship is with Progress and One CW or ICW, excuse me, um, because they're not getting much out of this deal. I feel like they were promised a bill of goods and they were not delivered that bill of goods. So, you know, it's. How how ironclad is that relationship? How much longer is it in their interest to partake in it? And if they don't, Neville's a huge name. That's true. Um, it's it's interesting. I guess we'll see. In this could also be something where maybe this turns out to be not a whole lot of anything. Maybe you know, is this Neville walking out and he's done, or is this? He is disgruntled and things get reworked and maybe he goes to SmackDown or something changes and he ends could up being be. happier. Anything I think, could happen. It could also all be a work, you know? You never know. I mean, just because Forbes is reporting it, well, Forbes and and all the major news outlets were reporting Shane McMahon's injuries from this Sunday's Hell in a Cell as real. 
True. You know, so who who knows whoever knows anything in the world of wrestling? Um, that's a good question. But what should we uh, what should we dive into? Should we pick apart certain moments from this week? We had a pretty good pay per view on Sunday, Hell in a Cell. We had a pretty okay Raw and SmackDown. It had its high moments and its low moments. Um, obviously, we know where we're going for TLC. Um, we kind Which of will review, will preview next week because we're back in, in two that weeks. swing. And then after that, we have Survivor Series, and we're kind of seeing the very early signs of where we'll go with that. I'm assuming there'll be a Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon Survivor Series team match. Uh, I'm assuming there'll be the Shield plus I don't know John Cena versus four other guys like they they're doing a four on three here i'm not sure is uh, you know we know lesnar's gonna be there uh, who what's next for gender he's hurt are they gonna protect him or are they gonna put him in a you know him and the sing brothers versus another team or are they gonna yeah, put him in a singles match gender wasn't on smackdown no i mean he's been hurt for a couple weeks he's usually taped up at house shows uh but not on tv or pay-per-views and if you notice what i noticed uh, he looked considerably smaller at uh, Hell in a Cell. Like, he hasn't been able to train as hard as he's been training. Mm-hmm. He looks like he lost some size because it's his shoulder that's hurting him. So, if you know, and he's an upper body guy. His, his lower body was always in shape, but it was never big. So, you know, if he can't train upper body, well, he's going to lose some size. And if he can't do it for a couple weeks, he's going to look like uh, a smaller Jinder Mahal. Apparently, he did defend um, his championship afterwards. There was a, a dark main event. It was a dark, but it was, from what I read, it was, you know, he was protected, basically. Uh, they didn't do a whole lot, and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I So, we assume this gender storyline is running through the end of the year, right? Well, there's an India tour in December. Okay, so. well, that seems like a pretty pretty likely uh, conclusion there. Yeah, All but right. who do you, you know, who does he go into a program with next? He's done Orton. He's done Nakamura. Um, AJ Styles? You would think AJ, but not after what happened on SmackDown where he lost clean. That, to me, was mind-boggling. Uh, so, we have Hell in a Cell. We get Ty Dillinger added to the U.S. Championship match. It becomes a three-way you have Baron pin Ty. Okay, so Baron's U.S. champion, but he never pinned AJ Styles. So from there, you can either reignite that feud because, you know, AJ will be fighting for the title he never lost. That's always a tried and true story. Except for we did just see AJ Styles lose clean. That's what I'm getting to. Okay. So you either have AJ Styles, you know, fight for the championship he never lost, or you have AJ go into the main event picture with a clean slate. He didn't lose the title, but he's no longer beholden to it. So, one would think either of those would be good, and then you have SmackDown, like you said. Like I said, he loses cleanly to Baron Corbin. So, I don't understand that booking. For me, for for AJ to now go against Mahal seems a little backwards. But then you don't have a whole slew of babyfaces, single top star babyfaces that can go against him. I mean, if you take away AJ, you've got... You know who's left? Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode, I guess. Um, I mean, his SmackDown run isn't off to a stellar start. Uh, you could bring back Cena; he's a free agent. You could have him feud with Mahal, I guess. Um, you could turn Rusev babyface. Are you face. surprised they didn't have Cena feud with Mahal before he went to Raw? I'm not that surprised. No, I think they're. I kind of am, given how saving it up played a little out. bit. Well, because okay, so. Do you think, and I just, I'm throwing this out there, I don't think this is going to actually happen, but I am curious if it does, could they possibly have seen a comeback for a WrestleMania feud against Mahal to win his 17th championship? Do you think they keep keep the the title title on gender that long? I could see that. I could certainly see that. Um, If they're going to have him win a 17th title reign, it would be at WrestleMania, and he would break the WWE recognized record. Rec- recognized record for Ric Flair. We all know Ric Flair's title reign is much more than sixteen, um, but it's, in it's, it's at least twenty-two. 
it, it, you, depending on who there's you different ask. schools of thought because you know these things weren't like we view them now they weren't as they not everything was set in stone yeah so some say 19 some say 22 some say 25 you know uh some say more you know some agree with the 16 um it's it's you know there's so many schools of thought and everyone's kind of right you know except the wwe they're definitely not right <laughs> yes but they hold the keys to the kingdom that's so. true they get to write the history um so yeah, I could see that happening. I don't know if that's the right move. I would think, I would think Styles versus Nakamura for the championship would be the right move. Yes, but we're we're speaking as a mark who's been burned by WWE since well since I started watching WWE programming. <laughs> we know so, we're not getting. We know we're not getting that match. Right? It hurts so good. It's just like it's like sitting around waiting for. Broken Matt Hardy, which would have been a great thing to do now that Sting Jeff's on the Taker. shelf. So, well, Sting and Taker was was WrestleMania appar- 31. That well, was your apparently that was, your that was on the table, and it just never happened. And no, then they decided we needed to, to build. What we need to do is build to the Sting and Taker match by having Taker lose and then having Sting lose to Triple H at WrestleMania. That's how we build to it. Okay, no. don't. Call me crazy, but you really got to think about it. If you think about it, it works. Does, oh, wait, this, it doesn't. Is this before or after Seth Rollins ends his career? This was before. I mean, they had Sting lose to Triple H at WrestleMania Do in his first WWE match. you think they would have done a Sting-Taker match if he hadn't gotten hurt? I think maybe at 32. Because you got to remember, remember 32, everyone was hurt, and they had to put... That that's would, why Shane came back. They had to put Shane in. Two 50-year-old wrestlers yes it would have been far too late i believe like taker, all dream matches it would have taken way too long to get there but it still would have been a great build-up i mean imagine the promos you know imagine the entrances the entrances and that's really what it's all about the match would have been fine you know Dolph ziggler would have hated it yes it would By have been all way, about can the we, entrances can we talk really quickly about the record scratch what are you talking about the the random the, the comedic record scratch that they decided we're gonna have a serious Dolph Ziggler use I heard it the first time at Hell in a Cell when they debuted it and I was like cause at first you're thinking oh he's coming out to his normal music and I was like that's weird wait it's gonna cut and I assumed it was just gonna cut and then the record scratch happened and they picked the cartooniest record scratch they could possibly find and then they did it again on smackdown it's as if he was going to come up with a microphone and go now i know what you're thinking how did i end up here and then and then he was going to go tell an alternate story of his life he was going to come out with a microphone and say i'm the best in the world and then it was going to pause and it was going to be ron howard saying he wasn't <laughs> um that's awful. That is truly awful. It is truly terrifying. It was a very terrible. Not there's terrifying. two matches that really underperformed at Hell in a Cell, the pay per view. It was Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, and Shinsuke and Jinder. Yeah, they've really ruined the mystique of Shinsuke Nakamura very quickly. But see, I think you put him in there with AJ. I think it'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. I think it will help, but I wonder if the time it's going to take to build to that is going to... I just don't see it. By the time we get there, is it going to be too late? I don't know. You know what we didn't start the show with, which we usually start the show with? What? I wrestled this weekend. You did! I forgot (laughs) about that, because I wasn't there, and I feel bad, because it sounded fun. It was... Well... Who'd you wrestle for? Let's start with that. I wrestled for Classic Pro Wrestling, CPW. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter. You can search Google Classic Pro Wrestling VA or Virginia, and they'll come up every time. I believe they're on Twitter at CPW Wrestling, which is W A W R W R A S S L I N. To be fair, it's not a real word, so I'll, I'll leave you alone on that one. Yeah. So, yes, this was the show with Arn Tully and J.J. Dillon. That's true. I did get to um, meet Arn and Tully and J.J. backstage. That was uh, very cool for me. Um, and actually, I followed them. So, <laughs> And I told, the, I told the promoter this. I said, 
Let me let me get this straight. You're gonna have Arn and Tolly and JJ go out there, cut a promo, and it was like a it wasn't a, like a little whatever promo. It was like a ten minute promo, okay? And they got the whole crowd going, right? Because it's Arn Anderson, it's Tolly Blanchard, JJ. It's the Four Horsemen. Come on, they got the whole crowd going, right? And then who comes out? My opponent, RC Lovin. He's a uh, can I say another word for donkey on this podcast? I'll allow it. He's a jackass. That's an interesting character. <laughs> it's not his character. It's just who he is. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? He's he's brought to the ring by an, an even bigger jackass. RC, uh, RC Lovin comes to the ring with the honest reverend, who is dishonest, I might tell you. And uh, <laughs> And then I come out. And it's great. I love the people in, in Virginia. We were in Warsaw. We were at Rappahannock High School, I believe. Uh, hundreds of people there. It was great. Um, and I, you know, I've got the match. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking RC Love into town. And then the Honest Reverend wants to come in and he wants to choke me. And he wants to choke me. And he wants to do all his BS. And I get it. Whatever. I get my revenge. I hit him in the face. I start to climb to the top, and the kind of the distraction from the Honest Reverend and everything, RC-11 catches me with a giant superplex off the top rope and uh, gets the pin. I'm having some pain all my right shoulder, my right arm, my right hand. It's kind of all jacked up from the superplex. Um, I'm recovering. You know, I'll be back in action on the 20th, and hopefully I'll be 100%. Um, but, you know, I, I, I will like to come back to CPW, to Classic Pro Wrestling, and I'd like to fight R.C. Lovin again. And this time I would like Honest Reverend Band from ringside. Or you know what? If he wants to begin the match, I'll take them both on in a handicap match. I don't care. I just don't want, you know, me to be thinking one thing and another thing to happen. But that's beside the point. It was a great show. It was very fun. And I suggest everyone who listens to this, to go like them on Facebook. Go to their next show. I know Ryan will be at the next show. Um, no matter what, right? I'm holding you to it. I'm putting you on the spot right now. You said right you're now. wrestling on the 20th. I don't know what show you're talking about. The 20th is... I'm um, sorry. That was misleading. The 20th is not a classic pro wrestling show. The 20th is for uh, a Pennsylvania promotion called Sanctuary. Oh. Uh, yeah. I've heard of Sanctuary. Yeah. And you can find them on uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that. Good Don't stuff. mind me. I just marked out a little bit. <laughs> oh, I've heard of that one. Oh! Um, Doing my best dude love, friend. So that was fun. You know, Arn, you know, Arn's a bigger dude than I thought. He was almost as big as me. I thought, you know, I thought he was one of the smaller guys. And he probably was back in the day, but... You know, I mean, I was, it all depends on who you're around, I suppose. Well, he's not as he's not as small as Killian, that's for sure. <laughs> I I just happened to like I was I wanted to to shout out Sanctuary Pro Wrestling a little bit. Well, Killian will be there, uh, and Killian's face showed up because I'm friends with him on Twitter or yep. Facebook. Yep. Um. Anyway, yeah, I so um you told me about Sanctuary one time, uh originally because I hadn't heard of it. I just I hadn't really heard about it until I started noticing that Killian was posting about it. Yeah, he's a he's a fixture there. I believe he holds a title. He may have lost it, but I'm pretty sure he still holds a title there. Um, and it's it's a cool venue. You know, it's great for aesthetics. It's in an old church, so it's like it's like fighting in the climax to the 1989 Batman. You know, where they're in that old church. That is a heck of a reference, and I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's really cool. Okay, so that's that is Friday, that's Friday, October twentieth. Yep. Doors open at seven. The show—they're calling it a stunt show. Yes. Starts at eight. Yes. Interesting. Uh, the sanctuary, as I understand it, runs shows pretty regularly. Yeah, they'll have a few shows a month sometimes. Uh. And you know, other they have their busy season, their slow season, and everything like that. 
Um, but it's a really cool place, and you should all come check it out. You know, as soon as I get photos back from CPW, and when I get photos from Sanctuary, I'll be posting them. The uh, site can the Over the Barricade podcast can post them. Um, but you know, I would suggest checking it out in person. Gotcha. Does this say it's free? It does say it's free. Okay, now I feel like I have to go. I need to find out where this is. It's in Pennsylvania. That's all I know. You've told me that part. I just need to figure <laughs> out the rest. Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Hazleton. You should fill like 10 seconds while I look this up. Hazleton or Hazeltown? No one will ever know. I mean, it's there's no W in Hazleton. But is there a W in Flavortown? I think we give Guy Fieri a bad rap. <laughs> I think he is a better man than we assume he is. You're you're a Guy Fieri mark. I'm really not. Uh, Have you ever noticed he says Guy Fieri? Yeah, I believe he says Fieri. Fieri. This can we are we are we gonna do that for like five minutes? Email us at uh, barricade show at gmail.com is yeah, that it that's, ba- barricade show over the barricade podcast at gmail.com that's a long freaking gmail i couldn't get barric oh my goodness this is not a short trip over the barricade podcast at gmail.com we're having two completely different conversations <laughs> from it, one host to the other it keeps our aesthetic <laughs> and email us how you think guy fieri's last name is pronounced now ryan what were you saying <laughs> Top that. Hazleton is a very long drive. Holy smokes, it is. Well, it's a good thing I took off work that day. I I don't think I'm making this show, unfortunately. That's fine. Uh, Friday, it's not fine, but it's fine. Friday night shows are not the easiest things to make. I know, I keep working on them. <laughs> ACW, Sanctuary, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the shows when I can now, make them. CPW, it's just not Classic easy. Pro, that was like a four-hour drive. That was a long drive. That was also on a Saturday. It was on a Saturday. That was on a Saturday. Yep. And traffic did not make it any easier. I think traffic gave added another hour to Rampage it. is also on a Saturday. Yes. November 4th. Yes. Um, Although. Because I, I don't know if you're on the card at this point. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one, but people should people should still go see it. Michael Scott. Big Mike is on the card. Big Mike's and on that's, the card. that's why yeah. uh, we'll promote it, because I told him we would. Well, yeah. and I, I mean, I know all those guys, and they're they're going to put on a great show. Rampage is going to be my my unicorn, my uh, my Moby Dick. I'm going to eventually find it one day. Oh, okay. it's in Dover. It's so far away. It's not that far. It's like an hour, hour and a half, two hours from two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Time keeps going up. If you're if you're a half hour further away from from wherever it is you just said, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, what did what did we do? What were we talking about? What did, wrestling? We were talking about wrestling. <laughs> We talking about, talking what, do guys, about, what do you guys talk about on the podcast? We talk about, you know, wrestling. It's a wrestling podcast. Are you sure? How long we've been going? <laughs> 35 minutes and bless the souls who are still with us. I think at this point, if you're still listening, you must enjoy it. Because there's no way. Or you, or you like, are friends of ours that we don't deserve. Do you like listening to random sounds? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, depending on your definition of random sounds, that could be anything. You could just say music. You know, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, if we have any international listeners, I know we're big in India. If we have any international huge listeners, pop. Huge, huge, pop. huge India pop, that Great Kali pop, um, which sounds like a delicious drink, by the way. Great Kali pop? Great Kali pop. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I've heard that Americans, English... American speaking English sounds like dogs barking. In India? In to to not to foreign listeners, to non English speakers. I can't e- well, like I can't ask if that's what it sounds like because anybody who would know what it sounds like can't understand us anyways. That's true. Paradox. Big big props to you, random person listening that can't understand us and we're thirty episodes in. <laughs> Wonder, We've been doing this for 30 weeks. Wow, that's over half a year. Yeah. Yeah. Should we tell people what we're doing in January? What are we doing in January? We're, 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 we're going to Philadelphia, friend. Well, let's hold off on that. Let's you, hold off. Are you sure? That's enough of a, that's, that's enough of a tease. Because if you know sure. anything, you can figure it out. 
<laughs> you don't want to tell anybody you want to like no, release it like a letter at a time yeah the next like yes what is that uh let's see f- five plus six so over the next 11 weeks yes i'm pretty sure by that time we'll actually have come and gone first letter r <laughs> yeah this is this is gonna be fun okay um do, do you want to wrap it here i mean we could you want to uh is there anything you wanted to talk about this week we could talk more about how that record scratch is the worst thing to happen in pro wrestling. We could do an hour-long podcast about how that record scratch is horrible. We can we can also balance it by the fact that the Usos and the New Day have had the best tag team rivalry and the I best say, tag team matches consistently. I think maybe we should talk about the two cell matches because I thoroughly enjoyed them both. I did too, although uh, I believe one was done near perfect in the PG era and the other was really good but maybe too long it did go long i will give you that the shane mcmahon kevin owens match we were referring yeah the main event i was blown away when i when i was watching it back the next i watched it back either the next day or i was about a half hour it was like a 36 39 minute match the match they were just starting to introduce the match and there was an hour left in the broadcast yeah um but I enjoyed it, and I thought the two cell matches were great for different reasons. Obviously, okay. Um, you know, I don't know which one I like more because they were so different. When one had bigger spots, obviously, obviously, but I liked the creativity. I liked the brutality in the Usos New Day match. I thought they really went as as brutal as you could go without blood, without blood in the PG era. Yeah. Uh, without and without chair shots to the head, without being allowed to say weapons. Yeah. Um, and by the way, it's the first time I can ever imagine saying that how brutal a match is that involved two trombones and yes, two different rainbow-colored kendo sticks. Stayed entirely in the cell. Never left the cell. Never left the cell. Kofi stayed on the outside the whole time. Yep. Which I was surprised Kofi was in that match. I didn't realize Woods was healthy enough to be in that type of match. I don't know if he was, and I don't know if he's going to feel too well after that uh, Yuri Naga onto his knee brace. Yeah, I'm shocked that he went for that spot. Yeah. Um, and that looked, that looked the timing was a smidge off, and it just looked like it made it hurt ten times worse. Yes. Yeah. But it also made it look like it probably hurt Woods ten times worse. Yes. That's what, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then, of course... I, I mean, I was, you know, sitting on the edge of my couch, uh, and that's not a euphemism. I literally was. It, my blood, my my heartbeat was going faster when when Shane and Kevin were on top of the cell. I was like, oh, please don't let it break, because if it broke and they, you know, oh, well, remember, yes, nobody's gone through that cell since they made it taller. Good. They've reinforced it, I know. But, but hardly anybody climbs up there anymore because it's so much taller, and they've probably gotten the mandate not to do it. Although you know that match, with how much they were up there, they were they knew they were going to the top of that cell. They knew, but it's like, they must have had, and I know they have engineers design the thing, and, and they have you know great welders build it, and there's a lot of money that goes into that. But they were taken full-on bumps. Well, uh, Owens hit a power bomb from the, on the top, like power dead bomb. center in one of the Russian leg sweep in one of those body cells. slam, you know, and and luckily it didn't break. And then of course they start dancing towards the edge. I liked it, you know. Th- they were as safe as I hoped they could be. Um, and you know, it's crazy. And of course, Shane does his crazy jump off the cell, which is just insane. You know, the the margin of error on that is so small. And it looks like he did a much better job this time than he did at WrestleMania. Yeah. He hit that a lot smoother. Well, he still came down a lot on his elbow. Yeah. So he's probably not feeling great. And his kids are right there at ringside. I mean, come on. Um, I know they weren't selling it earlier in the match, which kind of made me mad. No, they were not selling that early in the match. They were, like, laughing they were and laughing and having a good time at Kevin. And that kind of made me mad, you know. Don't put him on camera. I should be your role model. Yeah, uh, Kevin Owens reminds us all every day that he doesn't need a I'm sorry, mic. Who? Kevin Owens. The, oh, uh, the, the victorious. Uh, sorry, the victorious. Thank you. 
Kevin Owens. My apologies. I missed out on the branding opportunity. Look at the adjective. We're not here to play. Uh, Look at the verb. Victorious. It's it's a glorious it's a glorious verb. Uh, so, anyways, Kevin Owens remains the single most entertaining person to watch in the little moments during a match because yes. he knows how to play a crowd. And he the people I was perfect. watching it with were like, "Is he mic'd? I don't understand." I'm like, "No, that's just that's just Kevin Owens." You know, he just knows exactly where to yell to get his audio picked up. Yeah, and um, I liked smackdown uh we had the nicest heel turn in the history of heel turns i believe we call that a canadian heel turn. a canadian heel turn the most canadian way to do it it was very apologetic he told the heel that he didn't want him to win (laughs) you know he was rooting for the good guy but now uh, begrudgingly he must become a heel (laughs) he he must become a bad there was a few thank yous there was a lot of hugging there and was a lot of hand raising. There's a lot of hand raising and smiling and brotherly love and just but you know, now they're bad guys. And that's how that works. Heel ska. Heel ska is just normal ska. Just regular old ska. Apparently. Just Kesby Knights. Let's go. <laughs> um I still think the Usos and New Day match was the match of the night. And you said it was a pretty good show. I don't necessarily agree. I think you had a really good cell match to start the night. Uh, I, every single time the Usos and the New Day step in the ring together, I think it's their best match. And it feels that way every time, which is fantastic, especially given how much they've wrestled, which I disagreed with so much, even on this show. I said many times it what they were feels, doing was a waste. It always feels like they're going... They're continuing the feud too long, but then when they have the matches, I'm like, that was great. They have yet I don't to mind it. disappoint me in a match. True, and I think, you know, I think the edict is not only do we want the New Day to have the longest reign, we want them to have the most number of reigns, and so to do that, you're going to have to lose the titles a bunch. Except for now the Usos have the no- most number of reigns, with five between the two. True, but I, New Day will surpass that. Probably. Do there were murmurs a year ago about the New Day breaking up. Do we think they're just gonna stay together for another couple of years? At least? I don't know how long, but it's way too early. I'm shocked that I'm not them moving to SmackDown, like getting a few weeks off because of Kofi's injury, mm-hmm. and then moving to SmackDown after a, what, a month or two? Um I mean I would like if they never broke up. I would like, you know, if they were like the Freebirds or something, you know, and just stayed together till the end and you know, or as long as they could. Well, as long as they could, but I don't think you need to have like a backstabbing moment with that bunch. No. I think you could legitimately have something where maybe they go off and they do their own things again. Maybe one but... of them wins Money in the Bank or something, and that's just the catalyst. Yeah, and it doesn't require any of them to turn against the other ones. Right. I don't care if they're face or heel as long as they're like good with each other type yeah. deal. Because um, the Freebirds did separate. After a while. Well, yeah, I mean, they had singles, but they were never, like, anti-Freebirds or anything. Right, that's they were what I'm still saying. Like, I feel like no matter what they do, as long as those three are, like, always on... You know, they're always good. They're always on the same page. You, you don't have to have a S.H.I.E.L.D. moment with them. No. You don't have to have... I think with S.H.I.E.L.D., you had to have that happen. With New Day, you don't. You can keep them because they're much more... They're much more lighthearted. They're super over. You know, New Day are... Merch selling machines. Yeah. All they do is sell merch and they sold frequent r- cereal. They sold, yes, they did. I thought they were going to sell ice cream. CM Punk's dream continues. Where, to oh, die. where are my ice, ice cream, cream bars? bars? So, um, however, the rest of the Hell in a Cell card, I was not really big on. I did, I did not see the kickoff match with uh, Gable and Benjamin taking on the Hype Bros. Randy Orton and Rusev was exactly what I thought it would be. Not fun and not interesting. I feel bad because Rusev is better than this. He needs to turn face. I think he should. I think he should have a run with Jinder. Handsome Rusev. Handsome Rusev. Handsome Rusev. Um, Corbin, Styles, and Dillinger was... This match came off better than I thought. Eh. Better than I expected. I just... I wasn't interested. 
which is really bad because I love AJ Styles and I love Ty Dillinger and I really don't have a problem with Baron Corbin except for how he's been booked. I was not interested and the finish of this match was kind of obvious from a mile away. Dillinger's inserted into the match. Once Dillinger was announced, it was obvious. But then again, the booking took a left hook or left turn from there, you know? Yeah, and then you end up having Corbin beat Styles clean on SmackDown. If you were going to do that anyways, why even put Dillinger in the match? I can understand if you wanted to keep it so Styles kind of got off clean, like you said, but now you've kind of screwed that that. (laughs) And now, like... You assume unless Styles. they unless something changed between Sunday and Tuesday, where Sunday they were under the impression that Styles was going to be Ginger's next feud, and then you know something happened Monday where they're like, "Oh, Cena will come back." I actually think it's very possible that Ginger and Styles will probably still be a feud, but with Clash of Champions so far away, and the on, the next match on the the next pay per view on the docket for SmackDown is Survivor Series. There's yeah. there's two months before Clash of Champions happens. Yeah, I think... Two months from this coming Sunday. If anything, I think they'll protect... I, I don't think there'll be a WWE Championship match at Survivor Series. I think they'll put Jinder in a... Survivor Series Survivor match. Series match. Agreed. I think that that's exactly what they'll do. There will be a Universal title match. Maybe. Because you feel like if there was, they would be building towards it already. I think they're... In maybe some... that'll be Finn Balor. You know, when, remember when uh, Lesnar won the championship... Uh, and even the the five way, it was Finn, it was Samoa Joe, it was Braun Strowman, it was Roman Reigns, it was um, Seth Rollins. Yes, <laughs> I forgot who else was in that match too. So I mean, and all the theory was all these guys are going to get their match leading to WrestleMania with Reigns. So we still have Seth, and we still have Finn, we and we still have Bray. We saw the Strowman, we saw the. Uh, Samoa Joe, which was great, and I, I I truly believe that they would have had another one, but Samoa Joe got hurt. Uh, we'll, he won't be back in time for Survivor Series, will he? Uh, you continue on, and I'll let you know. I mean, if he was, I could see Joe versus Lesnar again. I think that would people would want to see that match again. Um, but I oh, th- according to this, he was only out, only supposed to be out for four weeks, and that was at the end of August. Okay, so so I'd, I'd say they're probably going to bring him back after TLC. Probably. He will probably be another... He will be in a Survivor Series match. Now, here's what I don't understand about TLC, and maybe you can help me. So, TLC matches, there's usually something above the ring. I think every single TLC match in the past has had something above the ring. Correct, because it is typically a ladder match. Right. At its core, it's a ladder match, right? So, we have the Shield taking on the Bar, Miz, and Strowman in a TLC match with nothing above the ring. What could possibly be above the ring... And there's nothing that really can be. A TLC match without having to climb a ladder to get to a contract or a briefcase or a championship is essentially just an Extreme Rules match. Only You can only use tables, ladders, and chairs. Right. It's basically saying this is, for all intents and purposes, a no-holds-barred match, but because the branding of the pay-per-view, we're going to limit it. They should have just made this a tables match because we know the spot... The reason they didn't is so that when the uh, Shield obviously get that table power bomb, which they're going to do, it doesn't end the match, which would kind of defeat the whole purpose. What about elimination table match? I'm okay with that, but I, I can't see the Shield in their first pay-per-view match together losing any members. And you can't do that with Braun Strowman also in this match. It, it's gonna, you're going to end up killing Braun Strowman's character. I think I think you could do it, but it'd be you'd, you'd have to very carefully book it, and I don't. Think I they think would. you would have to eliminate Strowman first if you did it that way, because and you'd have to get him where they're all together doing it, because then the rest of the match I can see where the Shield wouldn't lose any members. Well, you, and what I would do, I would do match. elimination tables, and then you have the shield almost win but you have Strowman and and possibly some interference from already eliminated members like of the bar Miz whatever Miz Taraj even you have them interfere and the heels win and this sets up a rematch where the numbers are even at survivor series who would you put on the shield team you'd have to put you know you could put Finn sure you could you, what if Finn's Cena in the title could come match? back hmm what if Finn's in the title match? 
Well, you'd have to find people. You I know? agree with you on Cena. Jason Jordan, probably. Because oh, yeah, totally would be Jason Jordan. Matt Hardy, you know. Matt Hardy won't be on Survivor Series card. They Without Jeff Hardy, they clearly don't see any use for him, which is why they fed him to Strowman. Well, I'm saying these guys have the history. Matt Hardy has the history with the bar. He's got the history with Strowman. So he'd be a fit. Jason he, Jordan didn't want to push. He'd be a fit. So there you go. You could have your you could have your five on five, four on four. If you want to put a the Miztourage in there, you could have six on six. You know. Um, well, maybe what if what if Strowman's just not included in that match? Well, he'd, he'd have to be, right? I would assume so, but... I mean, what else is he going to do? For their Survivor Series matches, they seem to only do 5-on-5 five five anymore. Uh, I mean, yeah, but they could change it up. I, there's 4-on-4s four all throughout history. I think there was a 3-on-3 three three once when it was um, Evolution, the reunion. Didn't they do a 3-on-3? Three three? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> with Blue Tista? No, that wasn't Survivor that Series. Wasn't Survivor that Series. was earlier on because Blue Tista was gone by the summer. Ah, but um, I could see it, but they they won't. Do it. I I'm just kind of confused as to what they are climbing the ladder for. Like, why have ladders if there's nothing hanging above the ring? There won't be anything hanging above the ring. They won't need to climb ladders. They're just going to be using them as weapons. Maybe maybe in the next week because we only have one more raw before TLC, right? Yeah, maybe they decided to give us this little spurt, and then we're gonna go real long between pay per views. Yeah, it's it's weird, but you know um. Now, now, TakeOver, before Survivor Series, is War Games. And it's confirmed yes. now to have two rings. Uh, so that's going to be cool. And uh, we'll see what happens. I approve. Um, let's see. I'm, I apologize as I'm looking this up to see if they've announced anything for the beginning of January. As of right now, stop with the music. I'm not trying to get sued. <laughs> Because that was definitely a licensed song that we do not have the license for. Ugh, these websites are trying to get us sued. Um, what did I do it this way? Anyways, so uh, we're essentially looking at the next few pay-per-views just to try and figure out what their schedule is going to be. As of right now, their schedule is TLC, October 22nd. Survivor Series November 19th, Clash of Champions in December, and then nothing else until the Rumble. Yeah, that's a lot of downtime uh, for... Now, granted, for there's also nothing after the Rumble leading up to Mania, so it's very possible Well, they'll that, announce. No, I'm, I'm saying they will announce, but it's very possible we get something else to fill this gap. End of the line, roadblock. <laughs> It won't be Roadblock, because that was in the Clash of Champions spot last year. I don't think they do another one before the end of December. But they could do one, like, first week of January. New maybe. Year's Revolution? Uh, perhaps. <laughs> That's certainly possible. Um, I don't know if they've taken anything. Um, wow. Sorry, I just I just scrolled onto the most pay-per-view matches. I did not know Kane held that record. Yeah, makes 170. sense. Yeah, that's... I mean, with Cena only having, what, 153? That's good luck breaking that record. Uh, I'm looking on here for anybody else who's actually still active. Full-time wrestler, the only other person on here is Randy Orton. Everyone else is either retired yeah. or is part-time. So, Undertaker's on here at 166. He's not breaking that if he's only wrestling at Mania. I don't well, see Well, there's, th there's a theory that he comes back at... Survivor Series. I'm sure there is, but for a match. Yeah. If it's not a match, it doesn't count. Uh, Triple H is on here at 164. I don't know if he's got six more Manias Maybe left that's your fourth. Maybe it's the Bar Miz Strowman versus The Shield and The Undertaker. Brother. Um, probably not. John Cena at 153. I don't know if he's got another f 17 pay-per-views left at this point yeah maybe it depends on how they use it D depends on how his hollywood career goes that is very true uh big show at 142 randy orton at 142 orton could very well pass this but let's see i mean you figure oh yeah orton will orton will move up to orton uh, at least be in the 160s we right orton, i mean orton i don't know he's he, at he, one he's at 142 does it surprise you that he's only two more years i don't know 
Well, that's if he shows if he has a match on every single pay per view. But and he's now only it's on only brand. like six per brand, or maybe I guess ten if you count the dual branded ones. So I mean, if you count, so one, so just SmackDown this year. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So say you do ten a year. Yeah. That means he would need to wrestle another three or four years full-time. Four years, we'll say. Full-time, no injuries. To beat Kane's record. And be in every pay-per-view that he's eligible And that's if Kane doesn't for. come back. <laughs> and that's if, if Demon Kane doesn't make one more run. Mayor Kane. Mayor Kane. Mayor Kane. John Maynard Kane. <laughs> um, Edge is on this list. Chris Jericho is here. Shawn Michaels is here. Christian is here. Christian is sitting, hanging on in 10th place. Well, I mean, we'll know who, we know that he'll never wrestle again, but, you know, that doesn't count his TNA pay-per-view matches. No, this of is which he had many. just WWE. So, And that's actually very impressive, given that he spent a good chunk of his career outside of the company. Everybody he, Arguably, else, he spent the top years of his career in TNA. Like I, Kurt Angle. I mean, I would say that would probably be true as well. Kurt Angle would be on this list if he hadn't spent. If you did total pay-per-views, Kurt Angle would absolutely be on this list somewhere. Because he wrestled a long time. But if you did total pay-per-views... I'm surprised Kofi's not on there. That's a really good point. Well, he's missed a lot of pay-per-views, yeah. though. you got to figure, Kofi's never been in a spot where he's been on every pay-per-view. Not and for like if 10 he's, years. you know, if he's not in the match with the New Day, then he's not in the match. Yeah, it, can't, it would count against him. So, like, like Hell in a Cell wouldn't have counted. Right. Because he technically was not in the match. Um, let's see here. I don't see any other types of pay-per-views at this point, but they didn't really announce that it was going to be Clash of Champions until a couple of weeks ago. So... I think with it being on the network, it's much more loose with what the names are going to be, what the themes are going to be, how long ahead they have to announce, how many they're going to do. We know they did bring back Taboo Tuesday's trademark. I assume the technology would make that one better, that theme better. I would assume. um, But now SmackDown's on Tuesday, so. I'm taking a very quick look to see if any of these other ones they brought back. I think, I, I feel like I also remember them recently re-upping the king of the ring uh trademark but that's still a big thing on the network so they might not do anything and what's weird is they're doing um starcade but that's right they're doing starcade but it's gonna be a live event it's not even gonna be on the network like how hard is that for you guys to do you don't have to promote it just put it on the network well they don't put the madison square garden shows on the network most i know but if you're naming it starcade that was the biggest show Besides WrestleMania. Yeah, that's true. You know? Well, they're going back to Greensboro, and this is going to be Thanksgiving weekend. Yes, and I believe they're doing... I believe they named it Starcade in... You know, it's a typical WWE move because there's a big wrestling convention going on in North Carolina. And it's they're competing with that, basically. So they're naming it Starcade. They're going to have... Uh, Ricky Morton on the show. You know they're gonna they're gonna ham it up basically to compete. Do we want to quickly go through the matches? No, not really, because they're very similar to the Hell in a Cell card. Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens is on here. I think that one will change. Probably Brizongo versus Aiden English and Mike Kanellis with Maria Kanellis. So clearly this has changed. The Hardy Boys are also scheduled to appear, although clearly one of them is injured. So they're not scheduled for a match, just going to appear because it's their hometown. Um, also, the Rock and Roll Express and Ricky the Dragon's Steamboat. Yeah, I would go to this. By the way, if Greensboro was closer, well, yeah, I would go to this because this yeah. would actually be a fun show. Yeah. But it's essentially a SmackDown show. Essentially, yes. Oh, oh, and uh, Rusev is in the U.S. Triple Threat match with uh, Corbin and Styles. Well, isn't there a SmackDown tour later this year that Lesnar's going to be on? I don't know. I think they're... Maybe, maybe that's the India tour. I'm not sure. We'll wrap it up with this. I just scrolled down to what's trending on WWE.com. Six superstars who should have been in WWE. And I'm pretty sure that's New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> in a picture with Roman Reigns. Yes. New, New Jack, Jack is versus holding Roman Reigns. a stapler. Like a construction like stapler. How did and they... he is standing behind Roman Reigns. How did they even get a promo picture? It looks clean, too. (laughs) 
this is like I, it was definitely like New Jack in the late nineties. Oh no! I cannot believe this is on here. Oh, that's just. I've so... never. I I've only said this once or twice, but go to www.com. That'll do it for us. We'll see you next week. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for over the barricade podcast on iTunes and Google play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando. And don't forget, you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.